0: A Gorilla Podcast Syndicate production. Biggest thing we can do is just get stopped and run. Stop and run, guys. Push, push, push every time. Extra, extra, extra session with Kiko Malikbev tackles everything about the world of sports, especially the one close to the host heart basketball. Updates, discussion, clarification, name it, extra session has it. Extra, extra, extra session okay, with Bob, Bob Kiko Malik there.
1: Hey, that's how they're the points. Three bomb favors battles and getting in the way. The bomb will take out the hill for free. Bingo. A party in this building, Run. don't they? Yeah, good stuff
0: okay so good day ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of extra session with kiko malik here in guerrilla podcast syndicate philippines today we are very fortunate to have with us a basketball icon here in the philippines he has played for the alaska aces franchise for about 12 years when he became the team's resident import and he has also won the best import award and is one of the only two recipients of the PBA Mr. 100% Award. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Sean Chambers. Sean, good day. Thank,
1: thank you for you, joining thank us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Manami Manami salami, pala. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm always happy when I can give back and reach back out to my Filipino fans, and I appreciate all the continuous love that have sent my way even beyond my retirement. Um, okay. So um, whenever I can come and share, I'm so happy.
0: Yes, like what I said, I'm happy you were able to join us. What's keeping you busy nowadays?
1: Um, so right now what I do, I work at a middle school. I run, as I'm, I'm a dean of students at a school, believe it or not, you know, from the basketball court into the um, academia world where I'm working with middle school kids who are 7th and 8th graders in a part of Sacramento, which is a little bit less privileged, a little tough neighborhood, mm-hmm. but I love the work that I do. Uh, we work with kids and try to get them prepared for high school and onward to college. Mm-hmm. And then I, I I, run a girls uh, club basketball program here in Sacramento called Just Believe Sports, um, a program I started uh, about 15 years ago, which has now grown over wow. to 150 kids in the program. And I mm-hmm. coach at a high school, uh, a, a women's program at a high school. And I'm mm-hmm. not probably going to venture over to the boys side and um, mm-hmm. try my luck trying to create uh, the next PBA imports in the Philippines.
0: I see. So basically you, you haven't been away from basketball after, after retiring, playing basketball.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. Basketball is my is my love. It's, it's really is my love It's what I do. It's like second nature. Uh, I've been actually very, very, very lucky that the Uwe Kintsu family and the Alaska mm-hmm. family continues to keep me close to the organization. Mm-hmm. I usually come back to the Philippines about once, maybe sometimes twice a year to continue to work with Alaska and mm-hmm. some of our young guys and some of the veteran guys to continue to push the message of how we did business when we were playing there uh, in the great 90s.
0: I see. So let's talk about your colorful, colorful basketball career. How did you actually start for you? Where did, were you really a basketball loving guy or when you were still a small boy?
1: So younger during my middle school days, I was really a baseball guy. So I was going to play baseball and um, I really loved the game of baseball. Then uh, my family, we kind of moved a lot. We went from one neighborhood in South Sacramento. We moved eventually after a few years to the Northern mm-hmm. part of the Sacramento area where baseball was big in South Sacramento, but then on the North side of Sacramento, um, a lot of the kids were really super into basketball. So once I first got my first taste or, um, of, of a basketball game with a high energy. And as you know, my game in the Philippines was so high energy and so much effort and energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I fell instantly love with basketball. So I grew up at a school called Highlands High School, where I ended up going to high school. And um, it's it was pretty famous for having really good basketball players.
0: I see. And you played for the California Polytechnic State University for two years. Yes. Yeah. And what was your position in that uh, team? You so play, You play what position, I mean?
1: So, when I got to, to college uh, at San Luis Obispo Cal Poly, um, mm-hmm. I was more kind of, we had like, we played like three guards at a time. And I was kind of like the third guard, okay. um, kind of the bigger guard uh, position, a little mm-hmm. small forward, uh, being 6'2 listed in, in college. But mm-hmm. I, I really mastered my game around the basket. I was able to penetrate and have a great uh, post up game uh, to be effective uh, at that level. And um, two years in a row, I was the league MVP while I was at Cal Poly University. And I was also a um, uh, basketball All-American mm-hmm. there. So um, I had a great, great career. Before then, I went to a school called Cuesta College, which is a junior college in the same community as Cal Poly. So we're, we're in the same city. I so I just matriculated over to the university level after my two years at the GAC level.
0: How hard, you said you were playing near the basket, around the basket. Yes. So yes. how hard is it competing against the Giants, considering your your height is small for your for that playing position?
1: So what happened with me was, Mm -hmm. uh, I was able to be, it's match problem. So Mm -hmm. when there were big guys that they tried to cover me with, um, I would pull them away from the basket and then I had the expulsion to penetrate or create off the dribble and go to the rim and go by them. Uh, And I had a good enough middle rate jump shot off the Mm backboard that I had to keep them respectful where they had to come out a little bit to the basket. But naturally, Um, when you do a matchup, you would try to put a guy on me in college, even in the Philippines, Mm -hmm. that were the same height as me. Well, a guy that was the same height as me, I felt like I've always had the advantage because of my jumping ability. Mm -hmm. I was able to jump over them or create post-up moves because uh, it was something that I mastered, was creating a post-up game when I was growing up.
0: So just for clarification, I I was reading something about you. And is it true that you were asked to try out for the U.S. team in the Olympics?
1: Okay, some of that is true. Some of it is kind of like <laughs> uh, folklore. No. So what it is is um, I high jump seven one in and in, in college. Wow. <laughs> okay. So when you jump seven one, there's a high um, qualification mm-hmm. that gets you invited to the trial. Okay. Mm-hmm, okay. So you just have to, and no matter where you are, if you're in high school, college, or now jumping professionally, if you mm-hmm. had jumped seven one at that year, you were invited to the trial. Nice, ah, anybody. Um, but there were guys that were jumping seven seven at the time, you know. So I was not close to them. But <laughs> for for what I did in high school and what I did in my junior college level, it was it was pretty remarkable because I think I still have the record at both at the high school and at the junior college level. Of jumping seven feet. Uh, you know, and, and I was a guy that was six two listed. You know, yes, the, that's pretty high up there. Most high jumpers are about like 6'5". Six, six six yes. five. They're pretty long.
2: That's um, pretty
0: impressive for your height.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I had to really <laughs> get up the ground and get over that bar. To, and I wasn't a, I wasn't a, a real prolific high jumper. Mm-hmm. So I never really, I never really had a, a like a high jumping coach or mm-hmm. really train a high jump. What I did was took my basketball skills when i would go and reverse dunks and stuff like that, and my jumping ability from basketball. I just use that to get over the bar, but I never had the scientific run up and the come over the back and all those things. I never mastered all that. I was just a really, really good jumping. I could really leap over the bar.
2: Yeah. I see.
0: So after college, you were part of this IBA team, if I'm right.
1: Yes, sir. Yes
0: that visited the Philippines for a pocket tournament. And this began your journey in the Philippines. How were you selected to be part of that
1: team? So uh, I tell people all the time, my journey to the Philippines is somewhat of a miracle. Mm -hmm. It really is. It it really is. Like God has really placed his hand on me and brought me to the Philippines and made the Philippines part of my home.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I go to a tryout in Los Angeles and there was a tryout of about 300 basketball guys there. Mm -hmm. 300. 300 guys were at the gym. They were only going to take five to 10 guys from our tryout. Mm -hmm. And then we had to go to Fresno, California for the overall tryout to tour. But you had to make this cut. Mm -hmm. So out of 300 guys in the gym, for whatever reason, I had pretty much a standout performance. Not a guy a lot of people knew because I went to a small university in San Luis Obispo. Mm -hmm. Um, I made the cut. They invited me to Fresno. I get to Fresno. And I get to Fresno, then there's another 40 guys there. And out of those wow. 40 players there, they're going to take 12 that's going to tour Korea, Japan, Hong Kong. And then we our last stop was in the Philippines. Wow. So it, it, was, it was remarkable. You know, if I had one bad day or two bad days in mm-hmm. L.A., you don't make the cut. And if I had one or two bad days in Fresno, you don't make the cut.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, so yes.
1: I, for whatever reason, you know, God bless me. I had really good performance in Los Angeles. Then I got to Fresno. Had a really good performance in Los Angeles. I mean, in Fresno. And then I made. I made the team. I wasn't supposed to make the team. Hmm. Uh, so now when I make the team, are what we have a a game in Seoul, Korea, right before the? I think it was the uh, eighty-eight Olympics or something like that was at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they just opened up the arena. The The big uh, Olympic Dome. We were able to go in there as guests, as tourists. Okay. So I remember that vividly. But the the cool part about it is, when we played in Korea, the games were on ESPN in in the states. It was one of the first basketball games on ESPN network um, overseas. Okay. I have a copy of that game. Wow. The copy of that game. Yes, (laughs) I watched it. I I watched it. about a month ago when all the COVID stuff hit. I watched it about two months ago. And um, it was so cool to watch because it showed that my work ethic, my energy, and the way that I played the game, it was contagious that it always got me favored with the coaches I played for. Mm -hmm. So meaning when I watched that game, I played probably more than any of the guys on the team by far. Mm -hmm. By far. And, you know, it, it showed the testament for a guy who tried out for a team when he was supposed to make the team, and I think I scored about twenty or 21 23 points in the game. Mm-hmm. First game on ESPN you know, <laughs> in Korea, and then, then right after that, we went over to Manila.
0: Okay, and that the, and the rest is history. Now, how did your relationship with Alaska begin? Were there other teams inquiring about your availability, and what um, what was the factor that made you say yes to Alaska?
1: Honestly, so when we went over to Korea, I mean, to Manila Mm -hmm. after Korea, uh, the guy, uh, Ray Hall, Ray Hall ended up playing for Pure Foods. He kept telling us a lot about the Philippine basketball. He knew a lot more about Philippine basketball (laughs) than any of us had any idea. So he kept telling us if we do well, we perform well, that all of us can leave with a nice contract coming to go back to play in the Philippines. I see. Again, we, we had no idea. We were all just happy to make this tour. We got to go see all parts of the world we never thought we would visit. Yes. So after the first day and mm-hmm. the two days in Philippines, and after the dunk contest, mm-hmm. uh, that you know against Billy Ray Bates, I became an instant celebrity. <laughs> celebrity, instant <laughs> yeah. celebrity. Yeah. Um, and we all wanted to, to come back to Manila after that. We all wanted to stay and play and get a contract, but nothing came up at that time. Mm-hmm. The following summer. The following summer. Is when I got a call from Alaska uh, to replace a guy by the name of Carl Lott that -hmm. was in a conference that was Mm 6'3". So I came over, and it was kind of an awkward situation. I came over to replace Carl, but Carl was still on the team. So Carl Mm -hmm. Lott was still on the team, and I actually had to practice against him Mm -hmm. the first day. Well, the first day I practiced against him, I had a really good practice again. I was really, you know, God has really touched me and blessed my, my career and my skills. I had a really great game, a really great practice. And, you know, back in those days, you know, the locals, when they felt somebody they can win with and they really like and love, yes. they were just latch on to you. So, Frank, you know, I, I was Frankie Lamb, Abby Kadabin, Yoya Villamine, Ricky Rilosa, yes. um, B-Boy um, uh, and then we had the young guys, uh, Bong Alvarez, Rick Rick Murata, Boy Cabahu, and Eric Altamirano. So mm-hmm. those were like the core of my guys, and those guys' is into like, my God, we love how hard this guy plays. We want <laughs> him to. This is the guy we want to play with. Well, we wanted. We went on and had a great run. We ended up winning the third conference, uh, third place.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they were in last place at the time. Yes, we were in last place when I got them. We ended up taking the <laughs> third place series, which back then, if you recall. Um, we used to have a series. It would be the best two out of three games.
2: Yes,
0: I can. I can oh. still recall that. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Yeah. so it was, it was pretty unique. You had like just for third place, you had the. Miguel was playing for the Grand Slam. We were playing for third place, and we were really <laughs> happy with it. So, um, so that was it. Was it was such a great you know such a great memory to, to remember that and the guys that I got to play with, well you know they were legends. Abigail, Gidavin, you know, come mm-hmm. on, you know he's one of the greatest of all time. Yes.
0: CRISPA days, you know, basically. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. I was actually thinking you were always available during the import laden conferences in the PBA. How were you able to do it? Because I've noticed teams are actually having a hard time securing imports. Uh, and then, but then here you are. Whenever Alaska calls, you are available. Didn't you? Didn't you have any problems or other leagues to play, or were, was there an, uh, an agreement between you and Alaska? by the time that they need you, you will, you will always be available.
1: Yeah. So what I became smart with after my second year in the Philippines, mm-hmm. um, I started making sure I would sign a contract with the team before I left. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I was, Fred, we tend to, I mean, he's, he's so dear to me. The family so dear to me. They really have continued to make me a part uh, in a of the organization. They've continued mm-hmm. to show me a, a tremendous love way after my retirement. Yeah. So, um, so I would always get to sit down with Fred uh, before I left for Manila. I mean, left Manila to go back home to the states, And I would sign a contract. And Fred would let me negotiate my, co- my own contract. He would let me go ask me how much I thought I was worth and how much I think um, my contract should be without having an agent involved. Mm-hmm. So we, we had such an amazing relationship like that. So what I would do was I knew I was going to return back to Manila usually around August. Mm-hmm. and then play the third conference. So there was a there was a stint where I wouldn't play the Venezuela. Okay. So I would go play Venezuela. I would play in May, April, and I would be done in June because I would tell them I have to be back in Manila in August. Ah. I played in Calgary. I played in Calgary, Canada. Mm-hmm. I played from May till July because I said I have to be in Manila mm-hmm. at this time. I and have any time, if Manila called me like they did during the second conference, and a couple of times during the first conference, I let every team that I played for let them know that, first and foremost, Alaska is my priority. Playing in the PBA is where my heart is, is where I want to be. So whenever my team calls me, I will be available for them.
0: That's great. That's great. Now, was, was there a time that you were doubting your capabilities when, you know, when other teams are, teams are trying to find a way to shut you down?
1: Um, I, I, it came time for me to retire. It was time because mm-hmm. I wasn't able to maintain the same focus that I had back in the day I in see. my earlier years. Uh, my earlier years, I, I watched some of the videos, and I was really an energ- energized bunny. I was, you know, I was. <laughs> yes. I, was so, I watched these games. And I'm like, man, I was really moving it, and I never got tired. And mm-hmm. and if and the energy of playing that hard kind of fueled me. It was my my it would make me tick. It made me feel good in my soul just to be able to play that hard all the time, and really to to give to my teammates and my organization that like that made me tick. Mm-hmm. That made me feel good within my soul. Uh, but as I I watched videos as I got into my later years, yes, and I showed a couple things. I realized, and and I and I think like now people have a different perspective of keeping their bodies in great shape,
2: mm-hmm. keeping their
1: bodies um, eating. Uh, watching their dives, I, I noticed videos like now when I was watching videos like in 2000 and 2001, that I was not in the same great shape I was mm-hmm. in 96, 97, in yeah. 98. <laughs> yes, but that's kind of the that's kind of what happens, right? You, mm-hmm. you get a little bit older in age. I yeah. was then out 34, 35. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've since then had great success, and what happens to us as athletes, as you have that great success, you kind to of, um, um, you may stay on vacation a little bit longer than you normally do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, you're, you're probably eating at really good restaurants now on a regular basis. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, so I noticed a video. Like I watch those videos now, and I wish I could go back in time. Yeah. And just fought as long as I could to stay in the basketball shape I was in '96 and '97, '94, '95. I mean, I was just in just incredible shape back then.
0: Yeah, I could remember there was one conference near the tail end of your PBA career wherein uh, the announcers were saying you're playing hurt, but still you gave your best. I sure. think that, that was the time that I could see on your face that you're trying your best, but you know, you're know you huffing and puffing already. Was that
1: yeah. true? Yeah, so it, I don't know what it was. It was bizarre. Like My last year, right before I retired, after those five games, I felt like I could never get healthy. I felt like I was always catching like a cold or I was getting sick, and mm-hmm. I I can remember that like just like yesterday.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was always not in full great condition. I always got some kind of an ailment, and um, and I could never shake it for a while, you know. Mm-hmm. And then after I took a break and got back home after I retired, I started playing amazing basketball in a couple little leagues back at home, like program league. Mm-hmm. So I needed that time off to get just in better health, you know, getting better physical health. Um, <laughs> but you know, it was time though. You know what I mean? Uh, I couldn't retire; I had a better time. And mm-hmm. even when I retired, mm-hmm. it was not the same Alaska team that I grew up with. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Johnny, Johnny was gone. JoJo was gone. Yes. Ball Hawkins was gone.
0: The Grand Slam Core. Yeah,
1: my Grand Slam core that I that I grew up with, that we mm. molded together, mm. had all went different places. So nothing against the guys that I played with during my last career, in, my end of my career, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't my guys anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, it didn't feel the same. I, so even when you go to practice, and you you go and you work hard. It didn't feel the same as it was with my true brothers. I see. I understand.
0: So you seem to be focused and mild-mannered. Was there a time that you actually got a an altercation on the court with a player in the
1: play? <laughs> Um, No. <laughs> would, I, would I ever get a guy back if I felt like they kind of got a cheap shot on me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, especially in um,
0: the PBA during your
2: time.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. But did I do a subtle? Yes. I didn't do it where I put on a, you know, where was the situation where I was, like, trying to attack a guy or fight a guy. Mm-hmm. I never got in a situation where I was going to fight a guy in the court. But mm-hmm. if I felt a guy took a, a pretty hard hit on me or, like, took a foul or, like, I can remember Terry Saldana, uh, I can oh, remember somebody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he got a really good foul on me. And it was in a series. And then the very next play, I come down and I give him a really nice elbow. And I get I I, I, I get called for the foul. And I and I knew I got it good. And then I got called for the foul. And I just remember Tim Cone saying to me now, he goes, are you good now? Is there, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Coach, he like, Coach, Coach Tim was like, okay, did you get him back? Okay, are we good? I'm like, yes, I'm good now. So, Tim knew, like, if somebody really took a cheap shot at me, I would find a way to get them back, but mm-hmm. keep it subtle, not not being yeah. lose my cool. But, of course, uh,
0: nowadays, when, that, when you get back to someone, you'll easily be called for a technical
1: foul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, that was part of the Philippines back then, mm-hmm. the PBA. Like, you had to kind of stand up for yourself. Yeah. And, and the locals guys were respect. You can get me back, but don't lose your cool. You know mm-hmm. yeah. and a lot of the Americans lost their cool if they felt somebody cheap shot at them or didn't get a foul call, or and that's why they would end up tainting their names, you I know. See.
0: Now, in your uh, well, were your family and friends surprised to know that you were kind of a big personality in the Philippines? How what did you tell them, or how do you explain things to them?
1: Um, my mother. And my sister and my brother, uh, three of my uncles, they, they, they came over and visit during my career.
2: Mm-hmm. So they
1: got a chance to firsthand start experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't have social media back then, and we didn't have, you know, all these Zooms and Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff like that at the time. But now they're able to see my career and how it was today. Mm-hmm. what it was back then yesterday, back in the day, because of the new social media platforms. Um, my kids are somewhat amazed by, it, but they're also like, that's just dad. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your, your, your dad is no big deal. And, and, um, they sometimes are amazed when people, uh, from the Philippines go, Oh my God, is your dad Sean Chambers? And my kids go, yeah. <laughs> so what's the big deal? Um, uh, But my family kind of knew because, you know, we were winning championships. So when we were winning championships, we were able to take all these great visits with Alaska. So my family seen pictures of that and they see the championship rings. um, But nothing like today.
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) Excuse me. Yes, Yes. 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 nothing like today with the social platforms. So my kids are able to see all of it now live.
0: Does your kids play basketball or have you encouraged them to play basketball? Yes, my, son plays, <laughs>
1: yeah, my son plays basketball we would love him mm. he'd be the future import for alaska 10 years mm. from now um, my daughter is an ice skater but we we want her to come to manila and we wanted to kind of do a show or performance at one of the beautiful ice skating rinks in the philippines yeah once you know, everything I, is
0: I mean, back to normal
1: <laughs> yes yes so i told her when I, I was back in manila in november and they had the what, what games did we, the Asian games we just had there in November? Yes. Uh, and,
0: yeah, I, I believe that was one the, of the quadrennial meet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, one of the, well, we when the gilas team won, uh, with Kim, Tim Collins coaching the Gillette team. Yeah. Well, uh, I was there, and they were having the ice skating competition inside uh, uh, the the big mall on Etta. So Yes. Um so I told my take pictures and show my daughter of it and everything. I said, you know, look, you can, you know, the big shoe mark, they got a big ice skating ring. <laughs> you can come here and be Sean Chambers' daughter and put on a show for it. And <laughs> people would come right, <laughs> Deba They yes. would come watch her. They would come watch her.
0: Yes, and yes. My daughter baby. putting
1: on the ice skating show.
0: <laughs> and then you'll be on the stands cheering for her. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right. That's my
0: now, daughter. Yeah. Sean, what what advice could you give to someone wanting to follow footsteps of a Sean Chambers?
1: Um if you want to be successful in the PBA, you have to first and foremost respect the league. A lot of times the Americans come over to get a salary or a contract. Mm-hmm. But it has to be like you want to be a champion, you want to win championships for your team, your organization, and -hmm. you want to leave a legacy there in the country. You're not there just to pick up a salary or a contract. Mm -hmm. That comes with it. Um, You want to be um, a great teammate. You want to be somebody who buys into the culture. You want to be somebody who also respects the opportunity you were given to be in the country, to, to be in the Philippines to play basketball, and if you do all that you will have a, an amazing legacy i i i think um the import right now for Hinebra, um he Browning. is yeah,
0: justin Brownlee.
1: justin is the ideal import for the philippines he's in the same mode of bobby parks norman Black, mm-hmm. norman black and myself where he's respected and he respects the situation he was being put on and he honors that and he respects that he doesn't take advantage of it and you see some of the americans have come over there and you're like you're not making a good name for yourself, and you're not giving the Filipinos and the Filipino Basketball Association uh, the respect that it deserves that they're giving you. I so, <clears throat> and I and I always felt like you know, for me, it was that my teammates were amazing. I had the best teammates in the world: Johnny, mm-hmm. Loss, Bong, Pudge, Ruel Gomez, Chris Bellotto. I mean, you know, we we loved each other. Dicky Bachman, you know, um, and. We love each other, and they love me because they knew that I, I, I felt this was the PBA. This is the PBA Basketball Association. This is their league, and I'm here to help them be successful and then we be successful all together. And I never want to put myself above them, right? I wanted to be with them and be part of them. Okay.
0: Now, uh, what was the story? I have a friend actually sent me a message right now. What was the story sure. of you wearing jersey number 20?
1: Why did I wear number 20? Yes. Be, uh, because of Frankie Lim. Oh. <laughs> True story because Frankie Lim, you know what number he was?
0: Uh number 1 uh, 22. 22. Oh, well in pure I I got I, I remember Pierre Foot's number 1. <laughs> for
1: Alaska, yeah. he was number 22. Okay. That was my number the whole time growing up. Mm, okay. So, and this is funny. I'm glad you're asking the story. So Frankie Lim, I was 22 in high school. I was 22 in college. Mm -hmm. I was 22 my whole career. I I don't even know why, but that was always my number. I get to the Philippines, Frankie Lim's 22. Okay. The next number that was available was that I thought of was because of Ray Hall. Mm
2: -hmm. Ray Hall,
1: the guy that told me all about the Philippines. Yes. Number 20.
0: Ah, I see. So, so I'm good. like,
1: I'll, I'll <laughs> take Ray Hall's number. Okay, I wouldn't know anything about the Philippines if Ray Hall wouldn't have told us about it.
0: That's good. That's good. Now, uh, yeah. Sean, Philippine basketball has been in joyful mode recently with the news of Kai Soto joining the NBA G League. What's your Phenomenal. perspective on this? You, you think you made? I mean, he made the right move by joining G League instead of playing in college.
1: Uh, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a tough one. I mean, it it depends on how much he feels he's going to get developed in the G League. I don't know. This is all new, right? Mm-hmm. This is going to be – he's going to be one of two guys, the first time they've ever – or three guys that ever went straight to the G League instead of going to one year in college at least. Yes. Um, Kai's got such an amazing potential. He could be one of the first Filipinos to play in the, in the NBA. Um, but it's going to take a lot of development because he's still thin. He's still kind of a – not a big body kid, but he's still kind of a thin, but he's very skilled. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, it's a tough one, man. I think we're going to kind of wait and see, you know, how he develops in the G League. But we do know with him going to the G League, mm-hmm. he's going to play basketball all day long. He's okay. going to train all day long. So that does take away time that he would have to spend, like, in classrooms. I see. Okay. So, but I don't know. I mean, we, you know, <laughs> we're hoping and praying that he does well. Okay. Now, I have. Oh, yeah.
0: I'll be giving you 24 seconds, like the shot clock. I'll be yeah, giving you absolutely. questions. I will, you answer the first thing that comes from your mind, okay? Sure. Here.
1: Favorite PBA player? Uh, local or import, which one? Both. Um, my favorite import PBA player, I'll say my favorite teammate, Johnny Albarentos. God, Joe is a close one. God, that's a tough one. Um, my rival would be Alvin Patrimonio.
0: Okay. Now, favorite NBA player?
1: Uh, Michael Jordan.
0: Okay. Favorite team in the NBA growing up? 76ers. Who do you think will win the NBA title this season?
1: Um, Milwaukee Bucks.
0: Okay. Player in the PBA that made you say, wow, he's good.
1: Borjel Manessis. Player in the PBA
0: that you had a hard time defending.
1: Alvin Patrimonio.
0: Player in the PBA you had a hard time eluding the defense.
1: Zaldi ray Lubet and Jerry Cordillera. Now, if we,
0: <laughs> last, last question. If we check your gym bag right now, what are the things that we are going to see that will shock or surprise
1: us? In my gym bag right now, you're going to find what would shock you. Uh, (laughs) uh, I don't know if anything would shock you. It would just be maybe socks and shoes. I don't have anything different in there, you know, or earpods.
0: Okay. Now, uh, Sean, you have any shout-outs before we end this episode? Shout-outs or uh, someone you would like to say thank you?
1: um man you know for me it's always my teammates it's always the organization uh tim cone um a lot of people don't realize people like Abed Gadabin had a big influence on in my my career there mm-hmm. even when he left alaska went and played somewhere else i remember Abid telling me like the reason uh the ui family loves you is because you come back every year and you're better and you get better and you get better um shout out to my 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 former best friend and 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 who passed away, Bobby Parks, you know. Oh, uh, I've, mm-hmm. I've been watching. Um uh, his son do what he's doing in his father's name has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately none of us is where we would be without the amazing Filipino uh basketball fans. Uh, there's nothing like them in the world, period. No okay. fans like the Philippine basketball fans.
0: Okay. Uh another question uh, sent by my sure. friend. Uh, what was your biggest disappointment in your basketball career? And, of, of course, what was your biggest achievement?
1: Um, my biggest disappointment, I can still remember today, is mm. losing our championship in 1990. Okay. So we lost the third, third conference championship to Pure Foods. Mm. We were up on them zero. two games to zero. Yeah, yeah. And then we lost three games in a row. I ah, still... Yeah. Have not got over that. <laughs> I, still I remember that, that, I that was
0: Bong Alvarez uh, suffered an injury in the Bong third Bong
1: Alvarez suffered injury. Yes, he did. Yeah. Towards Achilles. I have not got over that loss. Oh, man. And
0: that The bro, final bro. score in game five was 99-98. <laughs> yes. yes.
1: One point.
2: Yes. Oh, man.
1: So... <laughs> so to imagine to come back and win the first tournament the next year mm-hmm. to win our first championship was big for me, yes. but I never got over losing <laughs> that one because it was right there in front of us.
2: Mm-hmm. But you
1: got to go through that hurt to appreciate the success. Okay. And yeah. then on and then of course you know winning the Grand Slam is you can't replace that. It's like mm-hmm. it's legendary. It mm-hmm. creates what we you know people who who have legacy forever. Like that Grand Slam mm-hmm. championship and playing with those guys um, has created my legacy that it is today in the film I
0: see. Okay, so that wraps up another episode of Extra Session this week. I would like to thank our guest, Mr. Sean Chambers, Mr. 100%. And thank yes. you so much for spending time with us. It was indeed a great honor to have you in our podcast. And hope we could
1: do this Again sometime real soon. Anytime. Call me. Anytime. No problem. Thank you. I so really much. appreciate it. Again, my name, my name is Paul.
0: Yes, this has been Kiko Malik Dem and in behalf of the Gorilla Podcast Syndicate Philippines games are always exciting if there is extra session. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Stitcher, or via RSS. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. And if you want to know more, check out www.guerillapodcast.com.au or gorillapodcast.com.ph yeah. Podcast Syndicate Production. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.cangrofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com rn dot